0: We are back right here on the thank you on the dirty ugly wrestling
1: podcast
0: my name is dirty mike
1: and i'm the big ugly
0: you may be because it's holi- holiday time halloween thanksgiving christmas fit ugly could you lose that focus and become the big ugly a couple, you know, c- could you be changing your gimmick for a few months? Absolutely, bro. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. then after the holidays, we'll get it's back no to Fit barn. Ugly. Right. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, uh, you'll still, you'll be Fit Ugly. We'll make those New Year's resolutions. Um, but I'm dirty, I guess, no matter what. I haven't changed my gimmick in seven years, so I need to take a bath, apparently. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> hey, this is uh this is fun man. I'm excited. You know, we're, this is an old school episode. We got we got here today this is November 2023. Um holiday time. Let's let's welcome our special guests. I mean they they they're with us a lot. So they're still special, but let's welcome them in. First of all, um you know, I don't know the the gimmick may change, but the, the gentleman is always the same, and I use gentleman not loosely because it, he is the king of non-social media. Oh, hashtag man. no hashtag. <laughs> C M Funk, welcome back. Yeah,
2: uh, oh, man, it is so good, and and I'm so excited to actually hear what's on segment one this time around. You know, um, you know, I, I, I for whatever reason I seem to miss segment one every uh, every time. Right? Uh, so this is it's, it's exciting.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, this is how we lead off the show. We got to start off the show hot.
2: That's what we do. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. I'm I'm so ready, man.
0: You're ready. And and who also is ready is uh the one and only JT wrestling. He's a fan of all kinds of things. Orioles, Ravens, wrestling. He's JT. Uh, you know, uh he he's the man. J- JT, how you doing?
3: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good.
0: Good man. I got to I got to say that 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 um heartbreaking loss for the Ravens kind of giving up a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter this past Sunday. Uh that that was not cool. Like that was
1: Parlow prim- traumatizing, Yes. <clears> throat> yeah,
0: throat> I mean, that was not cool. How, how are you feeling after that JT wrestling?
3: Um I'm not feeling too bad. We had the strong winning streak and um
0: Mhm.
3: Uh No matter what sport you play, um, you're going to lose at some
0: point. You're right. You're right. And we're still in first place. The Ravens are still in first place. And, uh, you know, we got to play Cincinnati three days or four days after playing Cleveland. So and then we have a little bit of a break. But we will see. We will see how that happens. How are the Miami Dolphins doing there, CM Funk?
2: (coughs) They had a great weekend, man. They, they, They were off. So uh they, oh, okay. they didn't win, they didn't lose, they didn't draw, you know. So, it was wonderful. So. so they
0: were listening to one third of NSYNC and they had a bye. Like bye, uh, bye, bye. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. We got that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy. Yeah.
1: And
0: uh fit ugly, how about them Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I mean, we crushed the Giants, but you know, the thing with the Cowboys is <laughs> We can't beat good teams. That That's the problem. You know, when okay. if there's a team with a losing record, the Cowboys can beat them. If the team has a winning record, the Cowboys are mm-hmm. going to lose. They are like okay. the worst of a winning team, if that makes sense.
0: <clears throat> that might – I mean, I, the season's half over. Do you foresee this for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's two teams we can't overcome. We can't overcome the Eagles and we can't overcome the uh, the 49ers. So – that. Ca- that kind of hurts. You can't beat those two teams who are like pretty much the best in the NFC. Uh, you're not going anywhere.
0: Fair enough. Uh, yep. I mean, and we'll see. You know, when we get together in December and we talk about this, you know, heading into the playoffs, magic numbers, all this other stuff, we're going to see who who stands by what they're doing. Um and I will throw in one more sports related comment real quick. Uh Gunnar Henderson, rookie of the year, Baltimore Orioles. Pretty cool. Um, a lot of a, a lot of accolades for the orioles after the fact that's a big one uh, and the orioles could go into next year and maybe do a little better. and you know it might be time for the three peat yeah. of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast. <laughs> uh, we might have to find that out. We, we might have to look into that bit ugly.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh,
0: let's do it. Okay, so episode usually I have this right in front of me. I'm, I'm guessing this is 123. Um, bit no, 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 sure. ugly. Sure. You, okay, yeah. Uh, we're we're close right. to that. I think I'm right. Um, we're we halfway there. Let's I'm just say it's
1: 200. Why not?
0: I mean, no, 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 no. 200 is going to be big. When we hit that in 20, uh, 2032, uh you know, that's going to be big.
2: And uh,
1: we'll and that, that's when I quit. That's when no,
2: <laughs> there is no quit in we. We, we 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 just do a we just do an intro and a deuces and we, <laughs> out, like, <"That's> it. <laughs> we
0: will have the record for the yeah. shortest podcast ever <laughs> and we'll post it and mediaize it like we'll, we'll we'll put it up there like it's a it's like it's the end all be all and it will be because oh, yeah. it's it's over <laughs> so nah we 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 like doing this this is fun this is what we're doing um Hey, now, so let me go around the room. What, what y'all been, I mean, obviously, we got things to talk about. We got NXT Halloween Havoc. We got WWE Crown Tool. We got AEW Full Gear. All kinds of things leading up to and including uh, the Royal Rumble Road to WrestleMania 40, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Lots of different things. But let's start with Fit Ugly. Um, any, any tangents, any keywords, anything to start off with?
1: Um, you know, I don't have any real tangents. I, I should have came in uh prepared with my tangents. However, okay. I would say. I how are you guys feeling about Survivor Series? Like, I feel like Survivor Series needs to be revamped.
0: OK, I just go, don't go even, a little further in it.
1: I don't I'm not for some reason, like, you know, Royal Rumble, <clears throat> no matter how many years in a row, what I'm <laughs> always excited for Royal Rumble. I am never excited for Survivor Series. huh? And and it's like, I don't know if this... To me, I think Survivor Series, in my opinion, has gone the way of, like, King of the Ring, where Mm. at one point, like, maybe in the 90s, it was, like, it was a cool concept, but now I just don't... I I just don't be feeling it. But I could be alone here, and that's fine. But I'm just like... For it to be, like, the big four, it is the least of the big four that (laughs) I look forward to
0: okay so you you might uh you know if you happen to skip it on uh the 26th of November it's not gonna hurt your feelings
1: yeah I mean I'm gonna watch it of course okay
0: yeah I like, mean yeah
1: but yeah it's nothing that it's like oh damn I can't wait for survivor series you know it's kind of like Survivor Series is in the way of the Royal Rumble. Like, can we <laughs> get through the Royal Rumble? It's
0: in the way. Oh boy. I love uh, it. Okay. Well, let's uh, go around the room and let's find out if you're alone in this. You may or may not be. CM Funk, I know you and I have been watching Survivor Series somewhat together for the last 15, 20 years and probably yeah. all the way back to 1987 or 8 or whatever it might be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, fit I get what you're saying I I I do because I I agree I think Survivor Series is number five of the big four so um you know I I totally get it (laughs) I think the problem with Survivor Series they got away from what Survivor Series was and and you know they don't do the Survivor Series matches anymore um you know, the the whole, you know, Smackdown versus Raw thing I think hurt it immensely because nobody cares about SmackDown versus Raw because they're all gonna be on the other show the next day anyway. And um I think I do, however, think War Games having a War Games match is helping to revive a little bit of interest in it though. So I will go as far as to say that. But I kind of I kind of agree with Fit Ugly on this one. Um yeah, it's eh.
0: It's there. It's there. Uh, JT Wrestling, how about you? I know you've been a fan for a lot of years. And again, we've been watching things ever since we've known each other 15, 20 years. So we've been through this too. What do you think?
3: I definitely think it's losing a lot of its um, interest. Just because of all the same reasons that were mentioned. I mean, they put SmackDown against Raw. But then again, they're always running into their shows. So it doesn't matter if they beat them or hate them. Sometimes they tag up the next night on SmackDown for whatever reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I hear you. So it, it's kind of, I agree with all of you. It's not what it once was. Um, when I started watching wrestling, probably around 19, 19- 1989 Survivor Series was just starting. It was one of the big four. There was no, uh, there was the infancy of pay per view. I mean, it's something you look forward to, but there's reasons you look forward to it. First of all, and I know this is challenging for a lot of reasons now, it was on Thanksgiving night. That was something. To look forward to you go, you eat your meal with your family, whatever the case may be, uh, wherever you're, you know, or whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving. A lot of people have the day off from whatever they're doing. And then you look forward to that that night sitting out, you know, recording it on your VCR because you're going to fall asleep. But now that's DVR or whatever. But that's one thing I look forward to. The next thing I look forward to is the actual Survivor Series match, which I think all of us have said doesn't really exist anymore, but that's where the name came from. Pat Patterson or whoever created this, the Survivor Series match was the literally idea of putting four or five or 10, however many (laughs) was, random people or teams together and then eliminating them. And then when you or your team is eliminated, you're gone. So you have to survive. Um, And that made... For it wasn't really, it's some storylines were fixed in, but it made for an interesting concept. And I guess when that concept started to lose luster, whenever maybe mid 90s, when they started filtering in regular matches like singles matches, championship matches, whatever they might be, um, and then having Survivor Series matches here or there, um. Having matches to where there was an ultimate, now this was one of my favorites, the ultimate match of Survivor or whatever it was, where all the Survivor Series teams would face each other, faces versus heels, and at the end of the night, the Survivors of those teams would fight again against each other. They did that once.
2: Yes. Hogan and Warrior and Tito Santana. Right, Tito <laughs> sent. Uh, that is
0: the greatest promo ever. When Mean Gene's in the front, Hogan and Warrior are bookended, and Tito's kind of popping up in the back, uh, trying to do something. And then Tito's, you know, first face eliminated. Although he did eliminate the Warlord right out of the shoot, right. so it was uh, it was the entire team of. I think it was the Visionaries. Might have been Rick Martel's team, I think. And then it was. Uh, Ted DiBiase here. DBI, yeah, yeah. DBI, so it was like 513. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: And Hogan and Warrior 1 and it led to all that. But I think all of us have a similar point here. What the Survivor Series used to be and what the Survivor Series is now is completely it's a name that they're banking off of because they've used it for 40 years. I don't think we've seen a Survivor Series match uh, maybe one here or there but I think CM funk is one to this, this war games concept. It's close, but it's not survivor series. Um, and by the way, I got a mark out for, I don't know if anybody saw Monday night raw from Washington DC last night, but I mean, I watched it on television, but, um, Cody Rhodes called it the, uh, the, the end of it, the, um, Oh God, the, the WCW line, he called it the, uh, the war games begun with the ultimate match of survivor, something like that. The way he said it at the end, it was the WCWA Um, and I'm marked out for it. uh, Yeah. It's whatever Mike Gary Capetta came on and he said now starts the ultimate uh, match of survival, submission or surrender, whatever it is. Um, The war games match begins. And maybe that'll bring some, but I don't know. I don't know if you're going to call it survivor series that much. I'll just call it war games. Just call it what it is. I mean, right now it's survivor series war games. So, it's got a subtitle. So, I did pull up a list of the 50 Best Survivor Series moments. We can go over them a little bit in a minute. I'll just pick and choose a few. But, let's see what we got this year, first of all. See, uh, Fit Ugly, we got, the, of course, the, the, the War Games match. <clears throat> Cody, Seth, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn against the Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom, and JD McDonough. That's War Games. Then they have... Rhea Ripley defending her championship against Zoe Stark. That's a raw match. And they've got Gunther defending his championship against a face-turning Miz. That's another raw match, um, in my opinion. So, so far, I think, <laughs> Fit Ugly, you're you're right. <laughs> this ain't shit. Pardon my language. I mean... <laughs> I, we can watch it. If we could DVR Raw and fastball, I apologize. You know, this is a dirty and ugly side of me. But the War Games match, that'll be great to watch. And I, I always like watching Gunther's matches and Rhea Ripley's matches as well. But come on. They could do those on Raw. That's, there's no buildup for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, do, you, do you agree, Fit Ugly, that the War Games could save this particular show or maybe even the Survivor Series in general?
1: I'm sorry, say that one more time. I was going to
0: say, do you think uh, that CM Funk is right where the War Games could save the Survivor Series or at least the concept or the or the name of the premium live event?
1: I mean, I think uh, <clears throat> it will do its best. I don't think that it will necessarily save it. Okay. Um, but I think it will be the highlight of the Survivor Series. I think that if anything... War Games is probably the way to go. I think it is a more intriguing match these days. Um, but I do think uh, overall, as you said, a lot of the other matches are underwhelming. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, I think War Games is, is it, it's the best that Survivor Series can do at this point.
0: Yeah. What What if, just, and I'll throw this out to JT Wrestling, what if they took the, the, the superstars of today uh, and they put, you know, five on five raw versus you know whether well, it's raw versus smackdown maybe raw versus raw five on five smackdown versus smackdown five on five women versus women from different brands what if they went back to that original concept would that be interesting enough to to hold over an entire premium live event jt wrestling what do you think
3: i believe it would definitely make it more interesting yeah um especially if they um went back to the one you were talking about or. The the winners wrestled again.
0: The match later. of survival at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I you know I would love to see it. I would love to see it one day. Now CM Funk. Let me ask you this, um, because there there are things that were not Survivor Series esque that happened at the Survivor Series that made an impact. Number one being the Montreal Screwjob. That just happened to be a matter of timing. Because whatever event that worked Bret Hart's contract was up, it just happened that the stars aligned and that was it and it was in Canada and that you know the screw job happened, you know things happened like that. Um, things like that that um, that Frock uh, uh, Lesnar, our buddy, uh, he would he would love the Survivor Series 16 when uh, Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in a yeah. minute. Um, which had nothing to do with Survivor Series. It just happened to be that's how they, you know, uh, did the event. Oh, and, uh, and CM Funk, and I'll uh, ask you again, the gravest challenge, you know, Hulk Hogan losing to The Undertaker with Ric Flair's help. And then two, two days later, they had the greatest uh, Tuesday in Texas, which I'd love to see that again. Right. Um, <laughs> So what do you think? There, there have been some singles thing things that are not well, Survivor Series. S. is it just coincidence that they're happening at Survivor Series, or do you think it was planned that way to start changing the I, event? What do you think?
2: I, I think a lot of those things were just coincidence because Survivor Series, in most of those cases, was not what we know it originally to be. Okay. Um, you know, I uh, just to quickly kind of circle back onto what J.T. Russell was saying, like yeah. I I agree with him. I think that the Survivor Series matches could be extremely intriguing if they set them up correctly because it would also go back to developing good storylines where you're yeah. actually invested in more than just the main event storyline. You know, yeah. you because that's what happened in those days. You you were invest. There'd be four or five Survivor Series matches, and you were invested with the bottom one. And all the way up to the Hulk Hogan one, because you knew, you knew what the storylines were going in, you know, didn't matter who was involved in it, there were storylines to back it up. And I think, I think Triple H is doing a good job trying to get that to come back. I mean, you see how many mid-carders are actually involved in true storylines again, you know, like they're not just being thrown out there because they need to fill time, they're actually in a story, you know, so... You know, maybe give it another year and maybe next year we do see the real Survivor Series again or a traditional Survivor Series again. So um, I
0: hope hope you are right. And that's that's what kind of all of us were saying. And, And I would love to see that, that this new this new regime, whether it's Triple H or TKO or whatever it might be. I would love to see that because things can happen like just out of nowhere in 1990. The Undertaker debuted, but he debuted in a Survivor Series match. Greatest and,
2: moment in Survivor Series history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, no, it. you're
0: right. What happened with that? I mean that that uh, that's iconic. You can't get away from that. You can't get away from Brother Love being his manager either. But you can't get. <laughs> I, I, now I understand. I didn't understand it back then, but Bruce Prichard being an agent and all that. I get it now. But. um and things like uh, The Rock debuting in that Moana outfit in 1996 in Madison Square Garden. Awful gimmick, but he debuted. And, and Jim Did Ross you say The
1: Rock debut in a Moana outfit?
0: <laughs> it, it was bad, dude. If you look up on the Peacock, 1996 Survivor Series and The Rock debuting. Um, he comes out in this blue Hawaii kind of frilly – it's terrible. Was like
1: um, he was Maui from, from the beginning. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> and uh, he and a shoulder breaker was his finisher, which thank God they got rid of that. But he debuted – I mean, it was Madison Square Garden, Survivor Series. He made a debut, and then he became huge, you know, um, regardless of what happened. But, I mean, these, these things all happened in traditional Survivor Series matches. Um, so – I would love to see it. Uh, And some of those moments that we're talking about, those are on the top 50. Um, But then most of the rest of them are random moments from championship matches or buried alive matches or Elimination Chamber, things that have absolutely nothing to do with the traditional Survivor Series concept. Um, Right now, I think JT Wrestling said it. I think everybody said it's in the way. (laughs) I mean, it's... uh, Everybody now... We want to get to the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. at this point, you know. Uh, there's really – I mean, I know they're going to have an elimination chamber in Australia, and that's a big deal, and they got Australian superstars on the on the roster, blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. at this point, I think it's, it's time to start building, especially if they're going to sell WrestleMania tickets and packages so far out. They need to start building that and just let Survivor Series be what it is right now, which is another premium live event. Just call it War Games, play it, get it out of the way um anyway that's a good tangent fit ugly good job i know you weren't prepared for that
1: yeah no uh but yeah i mean i'm glad to know that we all have a mutual disdain for survivor series
0: (laughs) (laughs) now for anybody that's in the wwe listening to this we are not not we're not right we're not wrong we're just fans we're just not a fan of non-traditional survivor series stuff um Sprinkle it here or there, but get, give me, get back to, you know, that war games match you're having in 2023, make that a traditional survivor series match. Don't, don't worry about the cage. Just be creative with the storylines, tell stories. That's what you're there for. Because look at the people in this match. Are they really going to risk injury with these people in this match? This is like your top card for the next six to 12 months. Judgment day, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, uh, I'm just saying it's it's up there it's big people you ain't gonna risk all that put put some NXT you know that's what I really liked the NXT concept doing Survivor Series I'm sorry war games because they will kill themselves almost you know in big stories high spots and those were the matches that were really really good those war games matches um but anyway
2: well, I, hey, I, I just want to throw something out there to see what you know, what everybody what everybody thinks. So, throw it. Um, so obviously they teased a fifth member of Judgment Day being involved in the War Games match, um, ah, with, and all with uh, the the big Scott, um, you know, yeah. Drew McIntyre so, shaking the
0: hand of Rhea Ripley at the end of the night,
2: right? So that would mean you need a fifth member on the other side of the team. Mm of the match so i know there's a couple of rumors out there and i don't know what anybody's heard but uh would be interesting to get any takes out there
0: you know i heard that this survivor series happens to be at the united center in chicago
2: i heard Yep, that is that is true
0: (laughs) i i heard that and the united center in chicago for pro wrestling the last couple of years has had a couple of big events uh, on the back of somebody from Chicago. Um, could that happen? I mean, with all of the controversy around that, I mean, I love the tease, and I love the fact that the tea, uh, with that, the tease, the is going to sell out anyway, but tease or not, it, the tease is there, obviously. So let's see. Fit Ugly, what do you think about that? Does CM Punk come back over the burned bridge does he get paid one more time get put the WWE handcuffs on him get a big pop and finish his career quickly and properly and behave himself does does that does that even have a possibility of happening fit ugly
1: nope listen nope. When, <laughs> when, a, when a person shows you who they are you believe them okay and <laughs> I think that WWE is at that point of belief I don't think that punk comes back i doubt there'll be i know it seems like oh there could be a fifth member i don't even feel like listen wwe doesn't even bring good surprises in a royal rumble anymore okay like it it hasn't happened really since edge i'll I'll say okay edge coming back was was a big one a couple years ago but uh but yeah no i i see him coming back no i don't i don't i don't think so
0: JT Wrestling, we got the merger with T- uh, UFC with TKO. There was a relationship with CM Punk there. Uh, anything for the business? Never say never. Get the big pop. Get the big money. Do you? Do you have? It? Does it happen at all? What do you think, CM Punk? Yes or no? Yes. You think Ooh. it could? Tell us um, why you think that could happen.
3: Uh, just because all the reasons you said they just want to. Get the crowd excited. Um, and I just think it'd be a good way for his career to go out. Not saying that it's absolutely going to happen, but I think there's a possibility.
0: Okay. Well, I like uh, – there's just a little bit of optimism there. I think no matter what, there's going to be CM Punk chants. I think there's going to be CM Punk teases, whether he's there or not. Well um, but- –
2: well, here, here's the other reason I brought it up because that's not the only name that I'm hearing. Is is what name fifth member? What
0: name I'm are hearing, you? Hear?
2: I, I'm hearing the return of one Randall Orton to um to mm. the WWE roster,
1: Mister um, RKO. That, I can get behind that. I can. <laughs> <laughs> that See, would be a big pop.
2: Yeah, I mean he's been out for a year and a half now. The only problem I would have with that is that it was the Usos in storyline that took him out mm-hmm. and he'd be teaming with an Uso. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I don't know. That, that doesn't feel like a yeet situation. I don't know hey, if I even mm-hmm. use that in the right term. The right no, term well, right yeet
0: know? is a multi functional mm-hmm. word, I think. Um, but what about this? What if Randy Orton comes out to a big pop as the fifth partner him and Jey Uso never interact until somewhere towards the middle of the match that uh, there's a tag one way or the other and RKO out of nowhere. You know, Randy Orton just comes back to this big face pop, big face this, and he was big face before with Matt Riddle, who's wow. gone. One And he RKO's Jey Uso and walks out, just walks yeah. out on the team. He's not there to do anything except get his revenge because
2: I like that,
0: and that will push Jay Uso in a single storyline with Randy Orton, which could give the rub to Jay Uso big time. How about it? Uh,
2: I like that. That that that's good booking right there. So um, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully Trips is uh, listening to our podcast. Hopefully,
0: they're listening <laughs> to that part. Listen, uh, we are
1: ranked number eight on Best Wrestling right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right we still got all that uh, and i gotta go confirm those numbers again we might be even higher at this point so,
1: yeah. so the problem uh, is
2: there's only seven days in the week so trips trips is running out of days to listen to us you know yeah so, uh,
0: but yeah there's content every day um <laughs> now i mean yeah obviously randy orton coming back is is a huge possibility um that could be saved for a Royal rumble pop, but people might almost be expecting it for that. So if they, if he's ready now, I think that would be a beautiful thing um, yeah. to, to help give that match some push survivor series, some, some pop. And uh, I would love to see it go down that way. And, or he could just be a face all the way through and do that on raw the next night or, or whatever it is, you know um, just so you don't piss off the building. Cause obviously the war games match would be last. Um but that doesn't have to be the final spot either. That could just happen in the middle of the match, and Norton could walk away and the faces still could win somehow. So um, but Jey Uso does not. <laughs> so that's great because Jey Uso is kind of right now very ambiguous. We don't know who he's friends with, who he's not, who trusts him, who doesn't. I think it's a pretty cool extension of the things that happen because of the bloodline storyline. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. This segment is not over yet, but we'll get there. Let's just, let's talk about Jey Uso for a minute. You know, you got Jimmy in and out of the bloodline on SmackDown with Paul Heyman, Solo, Roman from time to time. What is, what is Jey Uso now, regardless of this possibility, what we just said is, could, is he main event Jey Uso? I mean, he's obviously in a main event match with a bunch of other people, but could he be main event Jey Uso in a singles capacity? And I'll start with Fit Ugly. Okay. What do you think of main so, event Jey Uso? Go ahead.
1: Pretty much what you're asking is, is he an actual main event guy?
0: Is is he or could he be?
1: I think he's still main event right now because I think him coming off the bloodline stuff, that's still pretty relevant. I personally have not been as interested in Jey Uso since the bloodline storyline. However, I don't feel like he's been given a good feud for me to see what he can do on his own. Am I wrong? Like I could be missing something. Cause I know I haven't, I've, I've missed a, a raw, like I, I missed his past raw, but I feel like, you know, he's kind of just been involved with the judgment day or like mm-hmm. being along with Sammy and Cody, but I yep. want to see him in a one-on-one feud and see how he does.
0: That's why I'm really hoping that my fantasy booking works out. I like that. Uh, JT wrestling. What do you think about that? Uh, J J. J- Uso. so, put him in a good single storyline. What do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, I think he needs a good single story on. Him. Hopefully it'll come true. It'd be important. Um, but just find anybody. I, I would pretty much say.
0: Yeah. Anybody in that, that, that could be a, a main event or push him up there. Now CM Funk, how about you? I mean, could that, could he be or is he main event Jey Uso or does it have to wait until the Royal Rumble, until they cross promote and then Jay and Jimmy cross paths in the Royal Rumble on the big stage and then they lead up to a big WrestleMania one-on-one match? What do you think?
2: Yeah, the t-shirt says he's main event, so I can only assume that he is. Um, <laughs> got, you know, got to, uh, got to, got to yeah.
0: respect the shirt.
2: Right. I mean, you know, it's in writing. Um, I Personally, I don't think so. Uh, is he a great story? Is he a great top mid carder? Yes, you know. I mean, he's been involved, obviously, in the biggest storyline in the last, you know, you know, fifteen years of wrestling, probably with the bloodline. But um, you know, I, I I do think you know getting him in a one on one situation with with somebody like a Randy Orton would be fantastic. And and please, please, I hope at the end of this. It is getting to him against Jimmy at WrestleMania. Like that that feels like the only logical conclusion to the the storyline, you know, with Jay at this Absolutely. point.
1: Absolutely. That has to be where they're going. I mean, yeah. You have to.
2: Yeah. And they've
0: been teasing it on that thing called social media CM funk. Uh, you know, house shows, super shows or whatever it is, where Jimmy's coming out and Jay's walking back, or vice versa, and they just kind of glimpse at each other. No, no, they don't they don't ever touch or nothing like that. Um, but it's they got to be going that way. I mean, they got to be. Um, I, I we all hope one more thing. <laughs> uh, just to close out this segment and close out Survivor Series, by the way, don't go anywhere after this segment. We're going to come back and we're going to give you more old school conversations. The poster right now for Survivor Series War Games, all it is is Cody Rhodes dressed up in war paint, um, military war paint. That's it. So, right now, Cody Rhodes is. A focal point but where where is his focus right now is it against the judgment day is it i I mean have we lost do we even know what story he's telling anymore (laughs) to finish uh fit ugly what do you think
1: at this point i think that they're just kind of like toying cody around until we can get to january royal rumble start setting up another feud with him and roman something I, I think he's just, he's just bouncing right now he's not he's not really doing anything
0: yeah i mean he's the he's a face of the company he's on tour he's signing merchandise he's doing his he's doing his pr thing but but cm funk right now there's no clear path for cody but obviously that path probably will be leading back to roman reigns at wrestlemania am i wrong
2: i mean you, you imagine so uh you, <laughs> you hope so uh i mean it it feels like it'd be a wasted, you know, opportunity to get Cody to be the one to finally end Roman. But, um, you know, especially if they wait another year, you know, for it. <laughs> but, um, but it's going to be interesting because it's going to depend on, you know, who wins the Royal Rumble. And, yeah. you know, where does that, you know, storyline go? Do they go after the World Heavyweight Championship, which is like, to me, it's not even as good as the Intercontinental title at this point. You know, <laughs> I don't know, but... No offense to Seth Rollins. He's doing everything he can with it. So.
0: No offense. Hey, we just got a couple seconds here. I'm one, we're going to start off with JT Wrestling on the next segment, but we're going to take a small break here. Uh, we're going to come back with more of Episode 123. I did confirm that uh, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Listen to this musical interlude and do not go anywhere. And we're back. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, that works. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, once again, my name is Dirty Mike.
1: And I'm the Big Ugly.
0: And we are joined once again by the one and only CM Funk, welcome back.
1: Well, thank you, gentlemen.
0: And the one and only JT Wrestling, welcome back.
2: Good to be back.
0: Yeah, alright. So, uh, as this podcast has gone seven plus years, and as we get a little more um, mature in our lives a little bit more seasoned. Um, people die a lot faster. I, I don't know any other way to put it with this. Uh, okay, I'm just saying, it just sucks to see all these people that we grew up with and everything. So, but this one, this one hit a little harder. Uh, Matthew Perry, 54 years old. I, I, I understand he's had a lot of issues with substance abuse and, you know, all kinds of issues, but this guy was one of the pieces of an ensemble cast of a show called friends for 10 years. And it's one of the biggest of all time. And hearing that he had passed away, just really sucked. I just wanted to get your uh, intake because I, I love watching friends. I loved watching movies like the whole nine yards, the whole 10 yards, anything Matthew Perry did would you know, even all the way back to when he was a guest star on some of those 80 sitcoms, uh, there was always just something about him. I don't know if you guys are indifferent to this or if you like Matthew Perry if you watched him. But this is kind of like you know Bray Wyatt passing away in his 30s, Matthew Perry going in his 50s, um, just when he's starting to turn everything around. Uh, fit ugly. What do you think about that?
1: Um, so I, I must say, obviously, I've known about Matthew <laughs> Perry, you know, and like seen his face. I, I did not watch Friends. Okay. Um, but it is absolutely sad to hear. Um, and. You know, like you said, I, I heard about, you know, the uh, substance issues and stuff like that. Yeah. So to know he was like clean and turn his life around and, you know, to hear about this uh, tragedy, you know, it, it sucks. And Friends is one of the biggest television shows of all time. So, yeah, you know, that's a big hit.
0: Yeah. JT Wrestling, what do you think? Uh, what is your uh, knowledge or relationship of knowing Matthew Perry?
3: I'm on the same side. uh I'm on the same side. I never really watched Friends all that much. Uh, I did watch the two movies. Okay. I never really noticed them in any 80s shows, but that's cool. But it's it's still it's still sad that he passed away. Yeah. And then the cast won't be whole anymore. So and that's pretty sad.
0: Yeah, I mean they all just did a reunion show within the past two years, and uh, kind of when it all came out when Matthew Perry had a whole bunch of problems that we all didn't know the details about, but he was trying to, you know, explain them all and get past them and, and to help other people and everything. CM funk, uh, what was your, uh, knowledge of Matthew Perry?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, kind of in the same boat, you know, I, I, or on, on the fringe, watched friends and things like that and all, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just sad. And <laughs> it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, you just, uh, you just hope and pray that he's now at peace and, you know, and, and doesn't have to fight those demons any longer. So. Truth.
0: Very true. And we're all friends here, which, which is where I kind of bring that up. Cause, uh, you know, we all do our own things in life. We all, you know, get older, but we all try to live our best life. And we all try to, you know, meet up once a month to, uh, discuss wrestling this way. And we all try to hang out once in a while. And, you know, this is all good. You know, we're all, we all got our lives, but, uh, it's, it's important to, to keep, keep everything going, live your best life and, and, uh, make sure you're hanging with the people that uh, mean the most to you. So that's why I appreciate this uh, and doing this for so long. And something that started with just, you know, me and Eric, uh, has come up to, you know, we, you know, we had Jam and Jason in there for quite a while, you know, shout out to him. He's a busy man, you know, but then CM funk joined the party. And then of course, JT wrestling, and we're all kind of regulars at this point and we appreciate it. Um. Not only we appreciate everybody in the uh, dirty, ugly wrestling family out there listening to us on a- every platform that I won't promote right now, but I'm just seriously—it's—it uh, sucks. Matthew Perry was very talented, very creative, very funny, um, but like uh, CM Funk just said, hopefully he's in a you know a place where he's not suffering uh, from demons, and that people can now continually remember him in a positive light. So, um, also Richard Mole. Um that played bull on Night Court passed away uh not too long after that, which uh he yeah. was in his eighties, so it was a little bit more
2: I couldn't believe he was eighty. Life. I couldn't believe he was eighty years old. I was like, I, oh my goodness.
0: I didn't realize he was that old. That means when he was doing night court, he was in his forties or fifties, uh, right. which I wasn't believing because I thought he was like in his twenties. <laughs> so I mean, but he was also a very uh very good actor. Um stage screen uh bit parts in movies, big parts in TV. Um very nice guy, from what I understand. Um, you know, and he was up there, you know, 80 plus years, lived his best life. Uh, no controversy that around him, but it was also, you know, just kind of suck to see him pass away as well. So um but we can honor the ones who have passed and we can continue to celebrate the living. So that's what we'll do. Um, speaking of which uh, we can also celebrate the ones who are all elite And See, see that was a segue That's what we do um, So uh, You know um, AEW is, is doing its thing uh, So much content So much television, we, we talk about it all the time They've got a pay-per-view Which is actually a pay-per-view Coming up, not two in one month But just one um, And it's coming up on November 18th A week before Survivor Series And it's going to be full gear It's going to be in LA And uh, they've got a pretty big card so far, nine matches, two of them including MJF, uh, (laughs) the first match and the last match right now, because he's going to defend the tag team Ring of Honor titles in the first match, probably in the kickoff uh, against the Guns. And then in the last match, he's going to face Jay White for the title. So I'm going to start with CM Funk on this one, because uh, he's probably the one that has watched most AEW out of the four of us right now. Uh, might might have be I hope maybe You never know uh, I,
2: Yeah, you might you might be wrong on that one but I ahead. might be wrong <laughs> uh,
0: But maybe you might be a little bit more in tune But if you're not, I mean, I got it pulled up On the old uh, Google machine So we can figure out what's going on The biggest thing that has happened In the last month since we've all talked Is Sting announced That he's going to retire And he said when And it was going to be in March of 2024 at that, uh, at that pay-per-view at that point in time and that's also when Ric Flair came out and uh was a big surprise to uh, you guys Tony Khan has signed him to some sort of legends contract, I don't know what for, but we'll see. But Sam Funk, what do you Rick, think about
2: go Rick, ahead? Well, Rick Ric Flair is an AEW legend, so let's just be let's be fair. An um, AEW anyway. legend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean he's been on the he's been on one show. I mean- <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, you were gonna. Ask no, I was just gonna ask game. you, like, <laughs> what your
0: opinion is of AEW at this point in time. Is there anything that you're interested in specifically? Anything you're looking forward to? Go ahead.
2: You know, I I, I appreciate this one being asked first because I had thought about this coming into the, the the show tonight. I have been bored with AEW for the last. Holy couple of
0: crap!
2: I I That's wish, a first. I I wish I could say that that wasn't the truth, but it is just. I feel like they've. I feel like they've plateaued, and and I think they've. I think Tony Khan has gotten in his own way recently with things. Just I. I, I the booking is haphazard. Mm-hmm. I, I, the storylines. I'm. I'm not following half of them anymore because they just. There's nothing there to follow. So, mm-hmm. it's it's worrisome. I'll be honest.
0: Oh boy, you think you they've hit the. Uh... They've hit the high mark and they might be on the way back down. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. doesn't matter how much, uh, you know, how much you can fill up a stadium with 80,000 people that don't give a shit about anything except that there's wrestling involved. Um, <clears throat> wow, that's uh, really interesting. Fit Ugly, what do you think? I don't know. I know you don't watch uh, AEW as much, but is there anything jumping out at you? Have you heard about anything or are you kind of in the same boat?
1: Yeah, no, I've just uh, I've only seen like some snippets. Um, I don't really know any of the storylines going on. Only that ask is like CM Punk. Do you feel like uh, do you feel like they're missing the superstars? Like, do they need a CM Punk? Do you just feel like they need a new writer, new booking? Like, what is the path forward to change things around? Is it new champion? Is MJF not it?
2: I I think, I think you kind of uh, mentioned it there. I think the writing is where the, the issue is. And as far as anybody knows, Tony Khan is the one who's basically writing everything. Yeah. And I think he's just way in over his head. I mean, even Vince had additional people helping him, whether he was the last word at the end of the day or not, you know, different story, but there were additional people always helping to write from what I understand with AEW. It's basically him with, he gets a little bit of insight from some of the other wrestlers like a Jericho or Danielson and stuff like that, but it's basically Tony Khan's show. And, and I think it's, I think you can tell because he gets stuck on one thing and that's all that he does, you know, and everything else falls by the wayside. So, um, I think he just needs some help on that end of it.
1: Right. I did hear also, I don't know if this is impacting anything, but I heard the young bucks are no longer listed as like VPs of the company or something. Like they, they, you know, they used to be like in an executive role, but I heard that they're no longer listed in that role anymore.
0: Oh, I don't know. I know yeah. they're still wrestling, but is that true?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, from what I understand is that the EVP role initially was more just a title to help draw some, you know, to make it seem like wrestlers were, were, you know, um hmm. you know okay. producing this company and everything when right. in reality it's been Tony Khan all along okay. so i think that the the EVP thing especially once Cody Rhodes left kind of fell by the wayside you know at that point so um yeah i think it was just a title more than it was an actual role
0: that's interesting too because i think AEW was kind of still pretty you know new and hot and it's the new cool thing to watch and the alternative and all this kind of stuff but when Cody jumped it's kind of like AEW had certain things that were interesting and exciting, but once those certain things stopped or once there was controversy or whatever, uh, I don't know, it just it's hit or miss. There's there's little things now that are interesting, but not as much JT wrestling. I don't know how much AEW you're watching, but I know you've watched, uh, you know, we've all been together watching pay-per-views and stuff and they've been pretty entertaining, but are are is everybody right? Have they Gone as far as they can go, and are they? Do they need a shot in the arm? What's going on here?
3: Yeah, it kind of feels like it, like they've lost momentum. I mean, I guess the biggest thing, other than MJF, um, Samoa Joe gave up his title just yeah. so he could, just so he could go for the championship. I guess that's like, I mean, I've never heard of that. So, I mean, that's <laughs> something interesting. Yeah, that I saw when I was watching, and it was mm-hmm. intrigued me. I mean, I'm—I can see you can only be champion for so long of a smaller title. So I guess it was just a, his way of saying, "This is it. I'm focusing on the main title."
0: Yeah it's it's interesting too. That's one of those little snippets that's at least interesting to, you know, figure out what they're doing and why. But I mean, I'm looking at this AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. I can remember when Full Gear was in Baltimore. We didn't go. But that card was stacked with interest from top to bottom and then it ended with I believe Jericho and Omega uh destroying each other in a bloodbath. Am I right about that?
2: Uh I thought it was Moxley was in that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, Moxley and Omega. Moxley and Omega. Yeah.
0: But still, like, everything from top to bottom was, I mean, it it was all interesting. Like, I can't wait to see this match. What's going to happen with this match or what's going to happen with this story? Now it's just kind of like, when's Tony Storm going to be during a commercial so we can watch the silent movie? Or when is MJF going to be on the screen so we can see... And something about MJF. I don't mind him being the face of the company right now and being a big face and trying to be a draw, but I'm sorry. MJF not being a heel is not doing it for me.
2: I'm not. Yeah, it's very it, weird. <laughs> I, I'm not as interested.
0: It seems like he wants to call himself a douchebag and he's our douchebag and all this stuff. It, I, I'm not because I'm not marking out for him. I'm I'm interested to see what he says, but I'm like not as on the edge of my seat like oh my god, he's a heel, he's going to come out and trash somebody. Like that was beautiful. Um now it just seems like hopefully he's just playing playing the political role and doing the doing the good boy thing until his contract actually comes up because I would think that th- that he and a couple of other people in AEW would be major assets to WWE in their program with their writers and their storylines and their ev- evolving. You know what I mean? Um, I can see, uh, you know, that happening. Cody was first. What, what's her name? Um, Black China. Uh, the hell's her name? <laughs> I can't remember now. She's been all over AEW TV, but she, when she uh, Jade
2: Jane Cargill. Jade Cargill,
0: yeah. thank you. Or Black Goldberg. I'm sorry. Um, Girlberg. Yeah, and uh, but it seems like if they want to take the major talent, like the young people or the people that can make the most impact, the WWE will certainly, you know, reach out and do it. And then it seems like everybody else is going the other way. Sting, Adam Copeland, Ric Flair, Christian Cage. John Moxley, uh, you know, anybody who couldn't make it in uh, NXT or anybody who couldn't make it in, in Ring of Honor, who, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, Big Bill, uh, you know, uh, Malachi Black, uh, you know, all these, you know, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hargo, even though they're awesome and I love them, but, you know, it's it seems like they're all going backwards. Um, so, good luck to AEW. I don't know if we'll all be purchasing or investing in the pay-per-view maybe we'll continue to watch dynamite rampage collision all this other stuff uh and we'll see what happens maybe they'll do a little better uh hopefully they will but it's still something to watch but wwe has potential if they can get past a survivor series huh? okay enough about that let's um let's go recent wwe and let's just kind of go over a couple things that have happened um so most recently, uh, and we'll we'll start with NXT Halloween Havoc. They split it up over two weeks uh, on the, the USA Network, and they had a, a bunch of different things happening. Uh, they had about eight matches or segments on both shows. Uh, even in that little 500 seat arena, everybody dressed up in costumes. They made it really, you know, colorful and creative. Um, it's it's still standing out as a different product from the WWE product, but it's kind of like it's still WWE product. It's not as underground as it used to be. It's I'm not following it as much, but it's interesting to watch enough, even if they don't have The Undertaker, John Cena, LA Knight, all those people. Uh, did anybody watch any of Halloween Havoc before I get into this?
1: I did not. Um, yeah, NXT has just not been on my radar. Okay. <laughs> JT? No, it's not been on
3: my
0: radar either. Okay. CM? Yeah. <laughs>
2: surprisingly I actually watched a little bit of Halloween havoc both both weeks so, okay uh, yeah
0: I watched a little bit of it as well um <laughs> th- so let me ask you since you <laughs> watched it um what stood out to you of the things that you saw what was like I said the thing for me was the costumes and the you know the creativity and things like that there was a couple matches that stood out but go ahead what did you think
2: uh Shotzi and scarlet dressed as the ghostbusters that yeah pretty much yeah pretty much stood out for me, but um I like uh like how they yeah. changed
0: their costumes like every segment I mean yeah yeah they also
2: yeah, but they did was, show
0: up in the ecto one that was
2: they, they did exactly like badass. yeah it was it was fun, and that's what wrestling is supposed to be fun yeah. and all so I don't know that that that's kind of what really stood out for me there were some decent stories that were being told and especially like getting into the whole Carmelo <laughs> trick <thing laughs> and stuff like that so
0: mm-hmm.
2: um but um but yeah. Yeah. Fun. pretty good,
0: pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, Car- Carmelo Hayes and trick, uh, trick Williams. And that whole thing is, is pretty interesting. Von Wagner and, uh, Braun breaker, uh, and Mr. Stone, uh, all kinds of interesting things. Becky Lynch is, I guess back on the main roster. Primarily, she was down there to help give, uh, live Valkyria, um, a push actually probably to give the rub to a lot of people that she faced when she had that title. Um, and, and I'd say some of the matches are are pretty good. They got the right announced team. They got Vic Vic Joseph and mm-hmm. Booker T. No, um, Booker
2: T needs to go.
0: Booker T is.
1: Yeah, he's is, not a great announcer, man. I love no. Booker, but he's not. No, it's not.
0: I mean, he's a he's a color guy, and I don't mean he's a colored guy. He's a color guy, uh, but he's he, he, he's I don't know.
2: He likes to hear himself make up weird, stupid things.
0: He does. But,
2: I was okay with the shucky-ducky, quack-quack, whatever thing. That was great. Everything after that, though, just it's too much.
0: He's Stop. kind of playing the heel right now, too.
1: Uh, I don't he's, mind he's, his ad-libs when uh, what's-the-guy-comes-out-trick-trick-wounds-whatever. Yeah. But yeah.
0: <laughs> he's, he's kind of playing the heel, too. I mean, Booker T is, you know, he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer, he, you know, whatever, but it's it's interesting enough to he, he at least puts emphasis in what he's doing, even if it's weird, even if it's whack, he believes it, he believes in what he's saying at least. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, just watching and listening, it, it's, it's kind of exciting. Uh, they got good microphone control in that arena because you can, you know, you're not overhearing different, certain things like bumps and things like that, but everybody's working real hard. Um, Dominic Mysterio and and, uh, the Judgment Day have been up and down, kind of helping out. Dominic Mysterio may still be the North American champion. I do not know. Um, The Creed Brothers came up to the main roster. Am I right about that?
2: He is, yes, yes. Okay. Um,
0: And, you know, uh, Ilya Dragunov, I just – he's like the mini Gunther. Like, this guy is, like, stiff. Uh, He works his ass off. He makes everything believable. Uh, you know, there's, there's pieces of NXT that are good. Um, just hopefully when they bring people up to the main roster, they don't change them. Like the Creed brothers are fantastic in the ring. They don't really have a gimmick per se, but they're good in the tag team thing. And with the tag team now with uh, DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa teaming up again, I'm hoping we can see some NXT tile style tag team matches on the main roster. So just want to put that out there. Um the NXT is going to be doing the Dusty Roads Memorial Tournament again, uh, tag team tournament. Like you know, they're trying. Shawn Michaels and that team down there, they're working hard with the two hours a week that they have. Um, they're doing the best they can. So, kudos to them for that. Um, Crown Jewel. Let's ask around the. Crowd. Did anybody see Crown Jewel? Yes. Yeah. You- Oh, sounds like a universal yes. Everybody saw Crown Jewel. Okay, great. Uh, JT Wrestling, start with you. Uh, what stood out from Crown Jewel? Was it the uh, LA Knight Championship match? Was it uh, Seth Rollins defending his title? Was it any of the women? Was it Solo and John Cena, Logan Paul? What stood out to you?
3: Um, basically, um, pretty much uh, Rey Mysterio and Logan
0: Paul. I mean, Okay. I'm, you, you, I
3: mean, he won, but, but he sort of had to win.
0: Okay. So you, you're okay with Logan Paul being the U.S. champ?
3: Yeah, it's not a major belt, so it's it's good to give him a belt and let him be himself and say, look, I am the best. Um, so I'm okay. okay
2: with it. Okay. Is, so that Is it, is it sad that I had forgotten Rey Mysterio was the champ? <laughs> and then, just quickly, I forgot Logan Paul was the champ. No. Or is the champ? That bad. Nope. Okay. That's,
0: that's not sad. That's, I mean, honestly, if Gunther hasn't been the champion for 400 days, I wouldn't know he's champ. But <laughs> uh U.S. title kind of fell by the wayside. But now with Logan Paul doing it, um, maybe it'll be a little bit more interesting just to have him be a champion, like uh, JT Wrestling said. Um We'll see. CM Funk, what stood out to you? Obviously, it wasn't the U.S. Championship match.
2: Um, no, I didn't even know that happened. Uh, <coughs> no. um, honestly, the thing that stood out to me the most was the Seth Rollins-Drew McIntyre match. Like, Wow. I, I was impressed with the effort. Not that the two of them are not fantastic, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't be surprised by it, but right. their match to me stole the show. Like, I was the best match of the night. and. Okay. You know, and um and their their storyline is actually the drew mcintyre storyline actually intrigues me quite a bit you know um the whole him kind of being the in between heel and, and face and now you know uh, uh, apparently aligning with judgment day and like the whole way they've gotten to it and on it you know kind of went through that whole match and um it, it, that, that just it was really good and it, Sadly, it set the bar so high as the leadoff match that the rest of the show is kind of a whimper for me. Yeah,
0: yeah The thing about that too is is uh, you know Seth the whole story about Shinsuke in the back and Seth in the back and Drew with the back, with the back and then Rollins selling it all the way through the match, even with the moves and the move sets, and then after the bell rings, he's miraculously healed.
2: Well, you know that, um, that's right, that's wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's pro wrestling. That's what it is uh but anyway no i agree that was a great match um and uh, i enjoyed and i do enjoy we we, we talked about it on the podcast actually probably in the last year that drew mcintyre is kind of getting a little stale we need to figure out something to do with him do we give him a title do we don't i think this is a good good spot for him to be a little character creative right now so that's okay. good uh, very good how about you uh fit ugly what stood out to you from the crown jewel
1: on Crown Jewel, yeah. I think uh two things. Number one, it being uh Logan winning, as we as we were just talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he's gonna be good for the uh the the belt, the United States championship. Good. He's already started his like social media photo photo shoot he did. Oh yeah with the belt. So um
0: that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and uh of course LA Knight uh against Roman which I was looking forward to talking to you guys about and what you guys thought about L.A. Knight. Is he a top guy in the making? Can he hold his own? Did he hold his own?
0: Well, give us your opinion, and then we'll go around the room and we'll figure that out.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think he held his own. Uh, I think he looked good in the match. Um, you know, huge pop for him in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, I think he's got it. I, I have heard that there's been some, I guess, back, Backstage heat, so to speak, with him in the rumor mill. Hmm. Um, so I don't know like where you know where they're going to take him, but yeah, I think I think he's got it.
0: What do you think, CM Funk? Did he do a good job in that main event match?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was booked perfectly. You know, it it was booked, I think, even the way we talked about it on the last podcast, too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we knew it'd be kind of a screwy finish, which you know, every Roman Reigns match is so right. (laughs) Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, LA night certainly did not come out any worse, you know, for, for losing a match, you know, he, he's still, he's, you know, we'll see when he's on SmackDown again. Does he get the huge pop? Then there's your answer, you know? So,
0: yeah. And he actually did. Cause, uh, he came out and he, you know, he didn't really cry over the spilt milk. He just went on with what he was doing that night and he said, he's not done. So, uh, still big pop. Uh, I think he's still going to sell some tickets. I think he's still going to uh, be interesting on television ratings. Uh, I think he did a good job, and yeah, it was, yeah like you said, it was booked perfectly. Um, we kind of knew how it had to co- it had to come out. Um, he, LA Knight is a good basic in ring performer. There's nothing that overly stands out about him as an in ring performer, um, but he can what the tools he does have, he knows how to use within the story he's trying to tell. So. He did a good job. JT Wrestling, what do you think? Roman Reigns kept the title. Paul Heyman uh, at his side. LA Knight, did he do a good job? What do you think?
3: Yeah, He definitely did a good job. And, I mean, uh, I, he, like Roman, always has to have someone interfere. So, I mean, yeah. it did make LA Knight look weak. It just made him look like the rest of Roman Reigns' opponents, losing <laughs> to the rest of the bloodline. line.
0: yeah. And it's interesting too that LA Night. That was the last match. That crowd was hot, actually, pretty much all the way through the mat, uh, the night. Um, and it, it the LA Night pop works overseas. You know, they they did show that it doesn't just. It's not just an American thing. It's not just a fluke. It does work uh, in other markets. So I think it would it could continue to work. Now, will he continue to get pushed for a title? Probably not right now. Not the not the uh, Roman Reigns title. Probably not. I don't. I think that was a one-off for now. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I think he's going to be a big player uh, as far as live events, um, premium live events. And I think he's going to hold his own for a while, which is good. The match that stood out to me, this is, I don't know, maybe you guys will agree or you won't, Solo and John Cena. Um, now, granted... John Cena is 46 years old. Um, <clears throat> the the storyline kind of coming in where John Cena said, I have to win. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, the SAG strike is over. So John Cena and all of them have to go back to work, like actual work. <laughs> but, so I mean, Solo, <clears throat> it basically it was a squash. It was a Brock Lesnar squash on John Cena. Um, John Cena got a few licks in. But basically, he was there to put Solo over. And he did it. And But <clears throat> John Cena was protected because I think he took like 10 Samoan spikes to the throat before Solo even attempted to pin him. So I don't think it hurt Cena at all getting that beat. But I think it does kind of give the rub to, to, to Solo. And it's, it's good. I mean, that's a good thing and uh, John Cena came in and did his job. Will we see him again on SmackDown or will we see him again until he gets another break from whatever he's doing acting? Maybe maybe not. I don't know. But I think John Cena came in and did a good job in the past couple of months with what he what he had to work with. I don't know. Do you guys agree with any of that like with the solo rub or the John Cena uh, John Cena work rate in the past couple of months? Anybody throw it out there.
2: You know, I I I I, I enjoyed having John Cena back this coming from like the you know one of the biggest John Cena haters out there and all. Right. I enjoyed having him back. He it was fun to have him there. I don't think Solo got a rub from that match. Really? Like I think it was overbooked too much. Hmm. Like had he beaten John with one Samoan Spike? Yeah. I think that would have been enough to put him over, but to do it 10, it just made it seem like oh, it's it's super Cena, you know. He's you know, you Agreed. gotta get him down, so you gotta overdo it. Okay, and all. um, I thought it was overbooked actually, huh. and, and it took me out of the match. Um, at really? the end of it, yep,
0: huh. I'm mean, okay, fair enough. I see your point. Um, maybe two or three spikes, maybe not 10. Um, I don't know if that's solo just yeah. showing I, I have dominance, max. yeah, you know. Is that what it is? Is it is it solo show and dominance saying, "Hey, I got him here. I'm gonna beat him until he's done," like, or did they come back and tell the story now that that's how John Cena's gone for a while? I don't know. I mean, what, go ahead, Fit Ugly. What do you think about this?
1: No, yeah, I completely agree with uh, seeing folk. It was just it was just a bit too much. I said, you know, I, my thing was like two, two max. You know, should have been should have been it to put uh, Cena away. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's that's where I stand on. Okay.
0: I guess the old school wrestling fan in me is thinking that if Solo Sokoa is smart to the business and watches the product, which we all say they should watch wrestling, um, they know that John Cena is Super Cena no matter what. So he's not going to go down with just one finisher. Um. So instead of giving two or three, he gives ten. So I, I don't know. We'll see how Solo comes out of it. Solo could be the next big thing next year. Um. We'll see, JT Wrestling. What do you think about John Cena and this whole thing?
3: I can definitely see from your standpoint that um that they that they tell the story that the ten Samoan spikes are the thing that put John Cena uh, on the shelf for however long his next couple of projects are. Yeah. So I can see them just saying Samoa put him out. Solo put him out and now Solo's career is going to take off even further.
0: Could be, I'd like to see more dissension between Solo and Paul, uh, Solo and Roman, you know, obviously that's eventually coming down the road, but you know, that's because the bloodline isn't what it used to be obviously anymore, but there's storylines that are spinning off now of what the bloodline used to be. So, um, and I'll just put this out there. My my favorite match of the night that like bell to bell was actually EO Sky and Bianca Belair. Um I thought that was very well worked by, <coughs> by both of them. Um Eo retained the title. And I believe that's also the match, if I'm not mistaken, where um Kyrie Sane. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I was I, because I kind of forgot about her and they put it on SmackDown like this past week. It's like, oh, well, you know what Bailey did to Kyrie Sane back in 2020. It's like, who the f- who remembers that shit? Like, I mean, that's why. <laughs> I mean, and that was the Thunderdome era, too. But I remember Kyrie. I remember liking her. And I remember, like, I, when I saw her, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I know she's got history with these people. But I liked the match. I think I would love to see them do more with Bianca Belair's character. I think she's just going through the motions right now. And playing off of what she used to. Um, and then it's her it's her in damage control. And then Charlotte in damage control. And Asuka, who's now apparently, <laughs> I don't know if she's a part of damage control. I don't know how that works. But um, I like that match. And I thought Crown Jewel, I thought it was very colorful and creative. Especially from a, uh, a set design standpoint. Although, I said it a couple of times. I would not want to be wrestling in the ring with that 200 foot um, diamond Screen above me, because uh, when that shit falls, we're all dead. <laughs> so um, I hope they they didn't use the Owen Hart rigging up there, because uh that that would scare me. I don't know. That was just too close. Like usually,
2: too, too, soon. <laughs> too, too soon, man. Too soon.
0: I, is it
1: 1999? Yeah. Damn it! Yeah, he <laughs> said too soon.
0: <laughs> I mean, if AEW is using his name uh, for a tournament, I don't even know if they're doing that anymore. Um, but. No, but, you, I mean, I mean, it was really cool uh, visually, like that big uh, jewel, obviously, his crown jewel. Um, but it was literally pointed at the bottom. So, I mean, normally the set that's above the ring kind of surrounds the outer part of the ring, not really, like, right above the ring. The last time I remember them doing that was WrestleMania 27, where there was this gigantic, gigantic cube that kept raising and lowering over the ring that had graphics on it. Now, I didn't understand what the cube was for i didn't understand the concept of that but i was like man i don't want that over the ring while i'm wrestling i'm just putting that out there but anyway <laughs> it's, just, it's just something random for me to t- to talk about all right so we're going we're the home stretch we're going to take it home as it were so let's go around the room and let's see what do we want out of the rest of 2023 with uh pro wrestling and wwe jt wrestling will start with you what do you want out of the rest of this year
3: um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Logan Paul does with the U.S. title. Um, thinking maybe, um, maybe WrestleMania um, LA Knight goes for the U.S. title and takes it from him. Mm. It. Okay. The title. Um, that's just about it. That's all I can think about right now.
0: Okay, fair enough. CM Funk, what would you like the rest of this year to be like?
2: I I would I would love for AEW to not be boring. Like I really <laughs> would, because I you guys know I am an I am a big AEW fan. Otherwise, yeah. but it has really disappointed me the last couple months. And and I just I just um when I wake up on Christmas morning, I want to unwrap a box and it to be an exciting AEW product. That's that's what I want. So oh, okay, yeah, there we'll- you go.
0: We'll try to find that on AEWshop.com for you. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and we are not promoting that. Um, fit Ugly, how about you? We're going to have one more podcast probably in the mid of middle of December where we're going to wrap up this entire year, the greatest hits of 2023. We'll go back and talk about our guests and and our and our stories and, and our tangents. But what would you like to see out of the rest of this year?
1: Um, I'd like to see a new heavyweight champ. Rollins ain't doing it for me. so. Ooh. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just don't feel. I, I, I don't. I don't know what it's been, man. He just. I, I don't know. I'm like, maybe, I, maybe Rollins like needs a stable behind him or something. But yeah, his his run as the champ has just been underwhelming to me. I, and I don't feel like he's done much for that title at all.
2: I was gonna say, is it, is it him or is it the title itself that? May, and it could be.
1: In. It could be the title. It could be that Roman is such a strong WWE champion that it's impossible for that title to measure up. Yeah. And so that could be it. But if there's a person that could potentially get to have it compete with the W with a Roman's belt, it's, it's not Rollins right now. Not from what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: And for me, I would like to see, I'll bank off of that. I would like to see Roman Reigns work rate go up. Now I know I'm asking for a lot. I don't know what this box under my tree would look like or if it even would come at Christmas or I'll have to wait till January for the Royal Rumble for it um, or the road to WrestleMania. But whoever takes Roman down, I would like to see Roman. I don't care if he cheats to win. He has all the bloodline to win, whatever. I just want to see his work rate. I want to see him on more television shows. I want to see him contributing to more storylines. I want to see him contributing to other character development. I want to see the Roman Reigns that has been this strong champion for so long, and not the guy that's been, you know, here and then takes a two month break, here and then takes a three month break. I want to see more consistency. Personally. But what if
2: he's what if he's battling leukemia again, and that's why he's taking all this time? Would I you ser- feel bad? <laughs>
0: I certainly hope that's not the case because if that's the case, he's working his ass off battling leukemia. But I would think if that's the case, he wouldn't be on TV at all. But <clears throat> you never know. But here's what I want to see. I want to see you all have a happy Thanksgiving. I want to thank everybody on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we will see you all in December. Thank you very much. As we take it home, three two, cooker. one deuces. 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 And that was a great Survivor Series moment. <laughs> Damn right.